know, I'm gonna be honest. When a show doesn't have like a joke or a clear theme, these intros are really hard to come up with. So I'm gonna just start by saying, "What's up, guys? How's Welcome back to another episode of Channel Chasers. As always, I am Jay from Mr. J's Reviews. Uh, I am your host, and of course, joining me as always is my good friend, my co-host, my self-proclaimed sidekick, Brian Kersey. How you doing tonight, Brian? Hello, heroes. I'm here. Uh, had some stuff come up, which is why we're recording late, but uh, I'm here. And... Yeah, so this week's episode is going to be pretty awesome. As I said mm-hmm. last week during the uh, UA episode, I was very excited to talk about this one. We are going to be discussing the CWs. I can officially say the CWs now. Uh, latest breakout hit, uh, DC's Stargirl Season 1. Um, so yeah, I, I guess before... Started. We got. I guess we got to kind of talk about uh, talk about this uh, kind of interesting, like saga of Star Girl. Like, where is it going to be? How it was released? How they decided to air it? Because this was different than any other DC Universe show. Um, because, mm-hmm. like you know, like I just said, this was originally a DC Universe original series, but they decided, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to try something different. We're going to dual air this. Um, you know, possibly you know to get more eyes on it, but also. The CW is like, hey fam, um, you know, uh, the pandemic hit us pretty hard. Uh, we're looking for some stuff to fill our airtime. Hey, you got also, some stuff. Also, um, some stuff? also, all those shows that you're airing seem kind of dark, except for this one. And, you know, it does star a teenage protagonist. You know, mm-hmm. YA is kind of our thing. So, uh, mm-hmm. can, can, can we borrow this? Can we borrow this? Cool. Oh, the ratings are really good? Bet. Um, oh, not many people are actually watching it when it comes on, on your streaming service because they just wait to watch it for free? Oh, bet. Uh, we'll take it. Yeah, and uh, you're having a little bit of problems, it seems. Why don't we take this off your hands? I don't want this show to die. Uh, it does great for us in ratings. The fans love it. And, um, yeah, it looks like you guys are on your last legs anyway. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of this. Don't worry, Jeff. We got it. We got it. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Um, but, yeah, so that's essentially an abridged version of kind of what happened uh, with Stargirl in terms of, like, where it aired and kind of what happened with it. Um, I'm honestly very glad. Um, I, You know, there are always going to be those people that just straight up just hate on the CW just because it's the CW. And, oh my God, they're, they're, I mean, I'm, I, I unfriended this person because I just got tired of hearing their BS, especially when it came to this topic. But I, I, there was one person on my, uh, on my timeline in particular. Every time an announcement would come on, about like a, a show coming to the CW, whether it would be like Superman and Lois or you know Star Girl or whatever, like uh, blah 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 blah, they'd be like, oh, if this was on DC Universe, I would totally watch it. But this is a CW show, so it's clearly going to be terrible. Well, what the fuck you got to say now? It's it was a C, it was a DC Universe show that ended up doing better on the CW than fucking DC Universe. 
eat a dick. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm 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 just angry. I'm I'm constantly angry at these comic book fanboys that like to flaunt their superiority over TV shows just because a demographic has certain tropes that networks lean into because they know the audience buys into it. Which, like, by the way, um, this show, if you actually watch it... Yeah, I was going to say, th- th- this tangent does have a point, people, I promise. Because, it sidesteps a lot of tropes. But, but also, it doesn't just sidestep some of the tropes. It takes some of the tropes and runs with it, but actually mm-hmm. applies logic to them and mm-hmm. makes the characters better. Like, just because yep, you follow... and not a, just the heroes. Yeah, just because you follow a trope does not automatically make your character bad. Okay? Like, you can I mean, follow uh, a pathway and still be original. How long have we been doing a TV now? Uh... Yeah, reviews yes. and whatnot. Exactly. Like, no, I'm just saying TV in general. Just yeah, fifty TV years. Itself like, yeah, over has 50 been around years. since like sixties. Yeah. yeah. And you think within all that time that uh, you don't bring up old stuff? Um, I mean, they've said it about different mediums now, but. Uh, we humans have been going on for so long that there's no such thing as like a completely original that's idea what anymore. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying, guys. You and it's gotta, fine. You have to realize no idea is original, and it's okay. Original originality does not even all equal good all the time. You could have the most original idea ever if you, but if you execute it shittily, no one's gonna like it. Um. I'm just saying. Uh, and that's the whole thing with Stargirl. Stargirl is a show that takes the classic, classic superhero storytelling of the, you know, teenage superhero origin story, um, the themes of family, legacy, you know, big pillars of the DC universe in general. And it is a straight up love letter to all of that. Now, granted, uh, I wish that, uh, you know, some things were done uh, some proper justice. <laughs> Jake Garrett. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. we're just going to, we're just, I'm, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. We're not, well, look, I'm, I'm a fan, but I also have to consider, uh, you know, not every TV, not everyone in the TV audience is a hardcore fan. You got to be able to rope in casual people too, because, you know, casual people are going to be the ones that are regularly watching. Like and you, the the hardcores are built in. That, that's your that's your net audience. But what you really need is to rope in the regular TV viewer. But and, still, it it's not it's not like uh, Jager is a recurring character on another TV show. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. But the one that I could really, but that I'm really sad about but could excuse was his best bud. Alex. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, th- but that one I think is even more understandable than The Flash because like... Yeah, that's his, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, his that powers, one I kind of understand. 
is that one yeah. I completely understand, but I am still a little bit pissed about Jay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, like, John John loves playing that fucking character, man. Why don't you just get John? Just have John show up again. Like, mm-hmm. he, he ain't doing nothing. He loves that character. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, um, you know, Stargirl is also a character that a lot of fans in particular love. Um you know, mm-hmm. I I was never really super big into the JSA growing up. I grew up as a comic fan. I was aware of who they were. I knew they were like the basically the 1940s version of the Justice League. And eventually they, get, they got moved to Earth 2 so that the World War II people could still enjoy their classic superheroes. Uh, but like, you know, they wouldn't have to interfere with their modern legacy. And they couldn't, yeah, they didn't have to interfere with the modern stuff. I thought that was a cool concept, but I was never really into them because it was way before my time and you know, mm-hmm. obviously, because they were made in the 40s, some of them were, you know, some of the villains and some of the, like, the, uh, some of the stories were a little hokey. Um, and I, I, you know, I wasn't super into that. But then, like, you know, around, like, the 90s and early 2000s, uh, Jeff Johns came along, and he not only did his run on the JSA, but he also created the character of Courtney Whitmore, a.k.a. Stargirl, um, as a loving tribute to his sister Courtney Elizabeth Johns who unfortunately was a passenger on one of the flights um during 9-11 and so she had passed um and you know so obviously this is a character that means a whole hell of a lot to its creator more so than I think anything Johns has ever made um and indeed and you can see it yeah I was gonna say and Johns in particular um, you know, if you followed his career throughout the years within comic books, you know his real dream was to work on TV. He's always, always, always wanted to be in a Hollywood writer's room somehow. Um, and like he's, you know, he actually started out working with uh, Richard Donner back in the day. Um, and uh, he... Um, that's where he really got his start. So he honestly is, you know, a TV and to begin with. Uh, so, you know, that's really where he wanted to go. But of course, comics are his first love. And so he wanted to get his foot in the door there. But when he created Courtney, it, this was definitely a personal project. And John's not only serves as an executive producer on this, but he is also a co-showrunner. Which is why he, you know, took massive steps down from his, you know, previously high position up in D.C., mm-hmm. although that's probably for the best, considering uh, the, uh, the position the company itself is in right now. But, you know, we all need to talk about that. Um, uh, but, yeah, so John's kind of spearheaded this project. He put a lot of heart into this. This is a character that means the world to him. And like Brian said, you can clearly see that all throughout. And that, that's how I knew, like, off bat, I had no worries about this show being bad because there's no way Jeff Johns with a character that's this dear to him be done dirty a third time. Yeah, yeah. Technically a fourth time because she came back in Legend, so technically a fourth time. Yeah, also, there was one time... Where she was done justice, but it was very brief. Yeah, but it was, it was, and it was a cartoon, yeah. so like, that's kind of like, it was a cartoon in the, in the fucking Timverse, like, you know, 
so many characters that were like obscure got you know got so much good play on there and plus he wrote that episode so like mm-hmm. you know you know it was, i wasn't you don't have to worry about that one but yeah like there's no way he was gonna let his baby be done dirty a fourth time and so i was like oh yeah this show's definitely gonna be good now the only question is how good uh i'm here to tell you you know i said it in all the you know preamble leading up to this last week towards the end of this uh podcast uh, but I'm going to confirm it again. In my personal opinion, and now that Ryan's seen all of it, I, he can either agree with me or choose to disagree with me on this one. But in my personal opinion, Stargirl is the strongest superhero first season in terms of like modern superhero shows within like the last decade I've seen since The Flash. Mm-hmm. And uh, even even though even though I still love it, I think that it is possible even though it's very fresh in my mind so might change but currently yeah i think that this is better than uh season one of uh black lightning and that's i i think so too and black lightning uh, black lightning did set up there is like the number in the number two spot for me for a while but uh yeah honestly like that show fell off pretty hard for me uh to be honest uh but you know it's another conversation Season three, after you stopped watching, really picked up. But uh, and uh, season yeah. four has a lot of promise if they can never start filming again because of. Uh, well, we we know that we know that like um, every, we know that most CW shows have started filming now because they started posting pictures of uh, different show cast together. Yeah. Although although they they film in Atlanta, not Vancouver, so yeah, that's probably a different situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. But anyway, yeah, so Stargirl, man. Um, I First off, I just... Brian, can you pull up a cast list so that we can, like, actually credit these people? Um, Alright, I will, because... Uh... Uh, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, I want Because I want to start off by just saying the actress they got to play Courtney Whitmore. Uh, oh my god. I mean, when I saw her in the trailers and, like, all, like, the, the press like, you know, leading up to it, talking the show up before the show was even out, I was like, she looks exactly like her. That's crazy. And I love that they didn't, you know, and I know I, like, went on a whole impassioned rant about people, like, shitting on the CW for their tropes. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit it. Like, they didn't make her CW hot. They actually made her a normal kid. She's obviously a pretty girl. Um but, like, she's not, like, above average. She looks like a regular kid. Beck Basinger. Yeah, okay, Beck Basinger. Beck Basinger did an amazing job as Courtney. She was spot on. Like I said, the best thing about it, and the thing I was the most worried about is that uh, whether or not, like, they were going to actually make Courtney a normal kid. My worst fear was that they were going to make Courtney sexy. And I was like, please don't make Courtney sexy. You already made Courtney sexy in Smallville. You already made Courtney sexy in Legend. Which is which is interesting, though, because uh, Beck herself is a Disney star. I, I did recognize. I didn't know I'd seen her. I know I'd seen her somewhere. Uh, she, she reoccurred on the Haunting Calloways, but she starred in Bella and the Bulldogs. 
Oh, the football movie. I do remember seeing that one. The TV show, the football TV show. Oh yeah, yeah, with a TV show. Okay, I, I knew, I knew it was a foot. I know it had to do with football. Yeah, I do remember seeing that somewhere. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, I, I really do like that she looks like a normal kid. Um, like, yeah, that was that was the thing with Courtney's character, right? She was always, she was, you know, this kind of awkward. Never, uh, like, she was never, like, the stereotypical blonde popular girl look, but she was so nice and, like, had such a strong personality that she just was popular off of just that merit. Um, also, but... uh, they they did something kind of interesting with this show. Uh, mm -hmm. They kind of, um, you know, when you see stuff like High School Musical and all that, the original, mm -hmm. you're like, mm -hmm. okay... These are adults. Yeah, yeah, these teens. are yeah, these are clearly adults playing teens. Yeah, but this time they got they got like actual people in like their late teens, early twenties, or actual teenagers that, playing the teenagers. But at these, no offense to Zac Efron and all of them, these actually look like teens. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and besides, like you know, um, the uh, the chick who plays Courtney, uh, Beck. She yeah, she's not even that far off from uh, like being a teenager. She's like twenty, right? Like nineteen, twenty somewhere around there. Yeah. So she she she's not super far off, and like I said, she actually looks like a kid, um, which is great. Uh, you know, because like you know, again going back to CW tropes, Riverdale has this problem too, um, mostly because they sexualize their characters, but like. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they're teenagers. They look like teenagers, but they put them in such adult situations that, like, you're just like, okay, I am really glad you're actually 25. <laughs> um, well, especially, was... uh, let's say, the females. Yeah, I, I would feel I would feel mad uncomfortable if they if they weren't actually 25. Uh, and that you know, again, um, going back to Stargirl, because like I said, I do have a point with this. Uh, they don't ever do that, right? Like, they mm -hmm. they make these kids have kid problems. They go through high school teenage drama, um, and it doesn't feel forced. Sure, there are parts of it that feel a little campy, but that was always kind of the charm of Star Girl because it's a JSA legacy type show. It's supposed mm -hmm. to have a very similar camp and charm to those old JSA stories and so, i know like, this and i know it's gonna sound weird but uh it it does realism but it does like family ver family friendly version of realism like there is one character who goes through a story that uh it's similar to the show euphoria but yeah. they don't go as real and as dark as that show yeah and also one 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 thing that one thing that I see, that I like really appreciate is that like well kind of just like a, a finally to the fandom okay so one of the things I, I I've been a, a a content creator in the comic book community for almost a decade now and I've seen a lot of shit and I've seen fans bitch about a lot of shit and I'm not gonna lie I have been one of those fans who was bitch about a lot of shit. But thankfully, no I didn't hear a single person complain on social media 
that Courtney was being sexualized just because her costume had a midriff in it. And she had like, you know, uh, what you call it, like the athletic short shorts. And I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to hear this. I was, I was expecting to hear this bullshit. But they didn't. We didn't have to get nope. into that conversation. People were actually being mature, and they realized this is just her actual costume. Now it's actually mm-hmm. kind of practical because she maneuvers like with gymnastics and stuff. So she she needs looser fitting or you know the more body for uh, body conformative like type clothing because that's the shit the gymnasts wear. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, you guys are actually using your brains. <laughs> I don't have to deal with the same bullshit that I heard when Starfire was cast. Yep, and also when you look at when you look at the characters, especially when they're even in their costumes, um, none of the female characters are ever sexualized. And I really appreciate that because they're kids. They're kids. Okay. Um, let's, let's get let's like get that out of the way. Like, not to shit on Riverdale again, but like. That's the that's the biggest problem I have with Riverdale now. I used to love this show, but it, it, it's gotten to the point now where I'm just like, okay, guys, all right, these are supposed to be children, and you're doing all this shit. Nah, I don't buy it. Um, but I mean, like, one of them's supposed to be in high school, and yet already owns two, two, two in their words, successful businesses, and one of them should not even be legally allowable but uh yeah that's that's the whole point right like none of the shit that like courtney rick yolanda beth even fucking cindy do like are outside the bounds of being a regular ass teenager aside from obviously the superhero stuff uh and i tell you one of the most realistic characters i don't always like them because but they are realistic in the whole show. Is Mike? I was I was just about to say my one of my sleeper characters that like I didn't I thought I was gonna hate him. I thought I was gonna hate him because usually I hate this kind of character. Um, was Mike? Uh, but like all throughout, I, I actually was like I, I was feeling for Mike. I was like, you know what? Mike has a point. <laughs> Y'all should kind of just let this let this poor kid in. Um. But there were times, like, this doesn't spoil anything no, with I mean, the drill, where I was like, you're being a little shit. I mean, but then you realize he's like fucking 12. I, I was pretty shitty as a 12-year-old. You were probably pretty shitty as a 12-year-old. Um, like, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty on brand for someone his age. Like, I don't think there are, like, these model, like, uh, golly gee good kids which is why i all again i also really appreciate that he like curses and stuff um because that's something that i like i always like you know praise stranger things for because like he actually talks like a kid he doesn't just like you know talk like a disney channel kid you know how like you know how like disney channel kids like they get like super frustrated but they say stuff like darn it or you know shit like that or they'll uh They'll try to subvert the whole thing and create their own. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or they'll come up with like a show exclusive like catchphrase, like fill in word. Um, yeah, uh, but like Mike is just like, ah, oh, damn it, son of a bitch. Like you know, he he says stuff like that. And uh, and I love it though because his dad Pat is like yeah. language. 
Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah. He, Golly darn. Yep. He like straight up pulled the Captain America, which I think is hilarious. Um. Also, the dynamic of the Whitmore Dugan family is done really well too. Um. You know, everybody's seen the classic like not Brady Bunch exactly, but like you know, moves in with the uh, like you know. Daughter moves in with the new stepdad and like his kid, and it, when it was previously just her and her mom, now she's got to adjust to the stepdad. Is he an asshole or is he actually really nice? And she's the asshole. Um, th- th- they do that for a little bit, uh, but thankfully that's not like harped on too much, and that's gotten over pretty fast, uh, which I appreciate. Yeah, uh, there's even a really good scene with that in the finale. I, dude, like, I did, like, that made me, like, clutch my heart. I was like, oh, because it, it, it yeah. went full circle because, you know, you focus on that because, like, um, the thing that she, like, gives in the, to him in the finale, um, we saw that, like, the mom had a very similar gift and it meant a lot to her. It just, it shows how much she's grown to love and appreciate Pat. And, the bond between Pat and Courtney was a super important thing in the comics, and it was, you know, definitely well done here. You know, I haven't seen Luke in too much stuff. Um, I've seen him here and there, but like I've never seen him as like a lead. I've, lead. I've always seen but, him. Uh, he did a great stuff, job, and uh, he's he seemed pretty good. He's like your go-to uh, kind of boy. Ne- he was back when he was younger, your go-to boy next door type guy. And mm-hmm. they really like played with that in this version, and it, it was really cool. He 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 gives me he very much gives me like a Jimmy uh, like a proper Jimmy Olsen type vibe. Like if Supergirl actually wanted to do Jimmy instead of James, he would have been great. Yeah, because he's got that he's got that <laughs> charm and that awkwardness, uh, but also like that bravery. Uh, it's definitely there. Um, Pat's a great character. He's a great dad, um, great husband overall. And, um, I really like, um, that, you know, he was realistic all throughout. Like I never usually with these things and I, I, maybe this is just kind of a sign that I'm getting older, but I remember like as a kid, I would always be like that guy. Oh, except with the X-Men, I would always yell at Jubilee for being like, yo, the X-Men are telling you not to do this. Why are you not listening to the X-Men? Do you want to die? Your only power is fireworks. Um, but anyway, like, my my, my thing uh, when uh, watching TV and stuff with, like, especially where kids are superheroes, is was always, I always sided with the kids. And I was like, ah, the adults don't really know what they're doing. They're kind of incompetent, which is kind of how the, a, a lot of times they frame adults in, like, teenage to kid superhero mm-hmm. programs they make the they make the adults super incompetent and so the kids have to save the day no um maybe it's a sign of me getting older maybe adults are just written more competently now but like i found myself every single time being like no nah, pat's right pat's right <laughs> i agree with that well and for me i thought that there were a couple times where pat got a little too cowardly but I also got where he was coming from. I mean, I, I, I was going to say, though, like, yeah, he did, like, he did get, like, he, there were a couple times where he was, you know, like, super cautious. But also, he watched all his friends get murdered. Yeah. So, 
like I said, he reasonable. doesn't want to watch all these kids get murdered. Yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't just because he was scared. Like he was like legit traumatized. And like you know, the cool thing about Courtney and Pat's journey, not only as like a father and daughter, but as a team. Not only was this like Courtney's journey of self discovery, but also this is kind of Pat learning to forgive himself and get over his survivor's guilt and kind of find a new purpose in this new team, this new generation. And I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the like strongest parts of the show. Um, so we went on for almost half an hour now, so I feel like uh, it's, it's safe to go into Especially spoilers. because I feel like uh, uh, right. we're going to need to save some time for uh, speculation. Especially yep. in this um, one, I, and uh, you're gonna, you're, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me about some of the end credit scenes because it's been like a, over a week for me, and I forgot some of them. Uh, so there yeah. were three, um, but yeah, if I remember correctly, there were three. Yeah, I know there were. Yeah, yeah, I know there were. I knew there were three. I, I obviously know the last one because that's the huge one. I just don't remember the first one, and I know part of the middle one. But anyway, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, so. Uh, it is all available for free on the CW app, and I believe also on HBO Max. Question mark? Um, if not not, not yet. On the CW. Not I don't think yet, because it is on the DC Universe app still. Okay. Well, um, we know for sure it's all up there for free on the CW app. You don't even need a cable service provider. You just need to watch some commercials, uh, and you'll live. If you, you know, watching through commercials, it's fine. At least you're watching it for free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't complain. Uh, but yeah, it's all up there. We highly recommend you go um, watch it. If you hadn't already, um, after listening to us gush about it for half an hour. Uh, so, you know, uh, take this as your opportunity to leave. Go watch it and then come back, unpause this, listen to the whole thing, and uh, tell us your thoughts and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, here we go. Okay, so, um, holy shit, this show was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, let's start off by talking about uh, the direction they went with uh, what I'm going to refer to as the JSA All-Stars. Because um, young JSA just feels weird. Uh, the JSA All-Stars was the next generation team, so I'm going to call them the JSA All-Stars. Uh, so, uh, I really like this team, and I I love that this was done so early, right? Usually it would take an entire season to form a team, and then, like, the, the season would end with the team taking on, like, the big bad, and then, like, figuring out other... I, I like it. Like, look at I, I was gonna I was gonna say, look at Titan season one. Mm -hmm. The entire season was spent forming a team. And also uh, uh, look at uh, e even though I like it in hindsight, um, Arrow season one, where yeah, Team Arrow didn't get to be three until almost the finale. Yep. Three. Yep. Because for most exactly for like half of it, yep. it was Ollie by himself. And then and then and then John came in and it was Ollie and John and then um you know eventually well once uh once we got like fans wanted it and uh the writers saw how good the chemistry was they were like all right we're bringing Felicity in too but yeah they wasted no time and pretty much right off bat once Courtney realized 
holy shit, I can't do this by myself. I don't want to die. Um, Which and, is weird, though, because uh, uh, she's kind of like the a fan where it's like, uh, oh, shit, superheroes, and there was an old team. Let's do a new team. Boom. Oh, no, I mean, well, yeah, there was a little bit of that, but also, like, she realized she was in over her head, yep. and she was like, I, I don't want to die. Um, and um, Pat doesn't want to really help me for real, for real, uh, with the robot. So um, I'm going to need to find some backup, uh, which I really appreciate. Normally, with like, especially with a teenage focused show, you would have the main character be like, nah, I got it. I can handle this by mm-hmm. myself. And then they'd go in, they'd rush, be super arrogant, almost die. And then they would form a team. Or begin they to form a team or, after that. Or they'd go like the Flash route, where it's like, oh, who's this character? Who's who are they going to be? Is it going to be this person? Yep, yep. Where you they, they constantly beat around the bush. They give you hints, but they never actually show you concrete evidence until like towards the very end or the following fucking. Season. I mean, I um, I love I love Flash. But they waited until like season three for one of their main cast members to become like their comic counterpart. Yep, and it's it wasn't until like the latest two seasons where one of their main characters got like regularly involved in the story using their full powers. Just which I'm which I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same character. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, thankfully, Stargirl, Stargirl writers, and obviously Jeff has written on The Flash, so he knows. He was just like, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're going to sidestep all of this. Forget that. Nah. Um, Courtney's going to be smart. Courtney's a smart girl. Uh, let, me go, let me go get some friends. Let me, let me, find, let me find a She's new She's like, you, you show me this thing with all of this equipment just lying here around? No one collecting using it? Collecting dust? And you just you just want me to well, leave it I there? I could use some help out in the field. And so she decides to go out and recruit people. And the first person she recruits is none other than the um, third iteration of the classic DC character, Wildcat. Uh, Yolanda, yeah. I want to say it's Montez Cortez. What, what is her last name? Uh, one second, uh, damn it, it's loading, um, Montez. It is Montez, I thought it was Montez, yeah, Yolanda Montez, uh, she Played is... by Yvette Monreal. Yeah, so, she is possibly my favorite, uh, character, like, out, um, out of the team individually. Mm-hmm. Um, now, within the group setting, I have a favorite character, um, which we'll get to. <laughs> um, but individually, she's probably my favorite character. And mm-hmm. um, she's she's the one that Brian alluded to that had a story kind of similar to uh, Cassie in Euphoria. Whereas, like, she was um, very much like a model student, popular girl. Everybody liked her. Things were going great. Things were going, like... Her coming up her way all the time. Things were awesome. Fell in love with a boy. She decided, mm-hmm. okay, 
I think we're ready to take this to the next level. Let me go ahead and uh, take a couple um, not safe for work pictures. Send those pictures off. And, you know, the boy did what a normal boy does. He, he reacted and he, I think he might he showed a couple friends, which, you know, not cool. But also, I can't pretend like like that's not what happened because, look, uh, anyone who's been in that situation, especially at that age, has probably done it. I'm not saying it's great, but it is what happened. Um, mm-hmm. um, Indeed. Holds hands and surrender. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny it. I, I have been that shitty teenager. So like, I, I felt for Henry, uh, but. It wasn't Henry that like fully leaks it out to the school. It was bitch ass Cindy. <laughs> yeah. Um, who wants to basically ruin Yolanda's life and well, which she succeeded in. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, which uh, going to the fact of uh, even though it's real life, um, Yolanda has her episode where we find out about her and. Uh, at first, she's hesitant because she wants to fix her life. And she even has this, like, uh, kind of typical CW, like, passion speech about how she's changing to her parents and how she wants to change, but she needs, she wants them to, like, change. And in typical CW, it would be like, Oh yeah, okay, fine. And they're like, "Yep, yeah." They they hug it out, and they real, and you know, they realize their differences because that's how the CW usually handles this type of stuff. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but this was more nope. real. This was more realistic. You got like a like a super Catholic, super morally ingrained Latino family, and they're like, "Nah, you know, I don't think you understand how much shame you brought onto us. This isn't something we can just forgive." This is something we can never forgive. And I and because Courtney is there for Yolanda gives Yolanda a path to not only like have a friend and somebody that actually cares about her, which I think is more important, but she also has an outlet now and she's able to do good in the world. But I think mm-hmm. and and you know, this again speaks to Courtney's strength as a character. Um, she does this for every single one of the members of the team. She kind of serves as like a guiding light, being like, no, Courtney is my friend. Courtney is someone that I can count on. Courtney is someone who will be there for me no matter what. I am going to be there for her. Um, to the to the fact where uh, basically in this like typical thing, Courtney gives out a lot to others, but finds it hard to for herself yeah she's she very realistic yeah she doesn't like to accept help from other people and as as someone with like a very similar personality trait who you know is all who is always willing to like you know hear his friends out listen to his friends um and give advice and all that stuff yeah but i'm i'm i'm, I'm horrible and I mean, absolutely, I'm working on it, but I'm horrible at taking my own advice or taking advice from other people or asking for help. And Courtney's oh, definitely same. like that. Um, and so, like, I, I definitely vibe with her in that regard. Um, Yolanda goes to some dark places, um, probably mm-hmm. like the darkest places out of any of the teenage characters that aren't villains. 
Um, so, and we're not referring to uh, her past. No, it's something that she does later on, um, which we'll, we'll talk about when we get to a certain other character that's connected to Yolanda. Um, so, but, yeah. Uh, moving on. Yeah, moving on to the next member of the uh, JSA All-Stars. Let's talk about Rick Tyler, the second generation, or technically, I think, third generation Our Man. Um, he is kind of your typical, like, fucking JD from Heather's, like, almost, like, Southside Serpent's bad boy-esque character. Which is so weird because I don't know this actor, but uh, I swear, he looks like... uh, He looks like if... um, Cameron Gelman, he looks like if Edward Cullen and AJ Kappa, Appa had a kid. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, the KJ Appa there. Um, I was definitely that. Um, but, yeah, for sure. But he is super edgy teenager. Um, big into cars. Uh, we find that very much like court. Is a legacy kid. Um, he is the son of Rex Tyler, the uh, second hour man. Um, and you know he lives with his asshole, who is a bitter ass. He was kind of forced into parenthood uh, because uh, you know, with no explanation, his brother and his, uh, you know, sister-in-law just dipped and left him with a kid and a bunch of money. Um, so he's just kind of a bitter asshole. And, so, and you, and, you know, you see clear signs that he's been abusive towards poor Rick. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely a lot of baggage there. And Rick, he has the stereotypical like revenge arc uh you can tell he very much has like a i'm going to avenge who you know and the nico montoya problem like you killed my father prepared like that's his whole yeah. fucking arc yeah it, it's ridiculous how much he goes into it especially because the one that he's putting all this anger and like vitriol to is freaking Simon Grundy. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I thought that, yo, but uh, real quick, I know this is much later on. Holy crap. I can't believe they actually did this in the first season. Like, whoa. I didn't yeah, expect I, him to I, be able to confront him in the first season. Yeah, and I... And, uh... We'll go more into it further, but this show... This show is taking a lot of like the like low of the Arrowverse and redoing them so good. Yeah. Uh, because Arrow actually had Solomon Grundy in an episode, but he was so shittily done. 
Yeah, the, but that was that, that wasn't even him as like Solomon Grundy, right? That was just Cyrus Gold before he became yes. Cyr- Solomon Grundy. It it yeah. was Cyrus Gold who was a little Solomon Gundy esque next to the Miracuru. Because he was on, yeah, he was on Miracuru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Rick. See, with Rick's character, as soon as he was introduced, uh, my teen TV brain was going. Okay, Cor- Sunshine character. He's the fucking dark cloud. Exactly where this is going, but. Well- also, I hate to say it, but like, uh, he's also the only age-appropriate guy in the main cast. So, I mean, he, you know, there, there's a, there is another person that comes in later that, like, I was like, okay, this. Is, I like. This. I know, but I'm saying that. Uh, I'm saying that early on, you're like, okay, so uh, we know where this is going. A young boy, young girl, both leads. Yep, and. They're both light, and also uh, the their their parents were supposed like killed by ISA people, and it's just like like I said, she's the ray of sunshine. He's the dark cloud. He show him that there's a better way. We didn't go that route, and I'm kind of glad. I don't think I would have liked it. Um, to be honest, not really. So I'm, I'm happy they did not go that route. Um, they're going uh, to probably I telling me Yolanda, especially with the dark, the 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 you know area Yolanda dipped into. I think fight with her more. And uh, yeah, and uh, I uh, there was a look or two in the finale. Oh! No, I'm glad you saw that too. Okay, go ahead. So yeah, that's pretty much Rick. Um, and also because um, Rex and Pat were good friends as well. So much so that like you know, Rex left Pat a lot of his old journal and all that. And so, and they're also big, both big car guys, so they bond in that way too. So, like, Pat serves as a good, uh, an actual positive father figure to Rick, which is great. And and I tell you, um, who else I liked uh, Rick vibing, like, on and off with? Uh, what was his name? Um, God, what was his name? Uh, Are you Justin. talking about... Uh... Oh, you t- are you talking about Joey? J- Joey Zarek? No, Justin. Oh, oh, Shining Knight. Oh, yeah, Shining Knight. Shining Knight, right. Shining yeah, because uh, they had a very interesting, like, back and forth kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because he was also friends with, uh, he was also friends with Rex. Yeah, because of, like, the JSA Seven Soldiers connection. Um, and uh, they have that, like, common hero spirit that bonds them. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was... they've got wildly different personalities. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, we don't really need to touch on it because uh, we need to like make time for other stuff. But I really liked how they handled Justin, and uh, he reminded me kind of I hate to say this of another character, another minor character that we loved before mm-hmm. and have talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. Wrong Kordak. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, he definitely, yeah, he definitely gave me a similar vibe. Also, real quick, I appreciate that they actually remembered to use his power. Situations would call use of his. Unlike certain people with a similar power set on another team show in the Arrowverse, which is why I find this character completely useless. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Mr. Haywood. I'm not, I'm not even going to cough. I'm calling you out. <laughs> You're but, a JSA Legacy 2 fam. What's your excuse? But yeah, I, I do like it where uh, they recognize the oh, whole wait a hour minute. thing. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nate also our man descended. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh he's a he's a it's a isn't it like Commander Steel and Citizen Steel? Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. He was he was, yeah, yeah, you're right. His, his grandpa was Commander Steel. Okay, never mind. I, I I for a second I thought he he was also um from the fucking um our man family. Never no, mind. um Yeah, cuz our man was What's his face? Uh, yeah, our, our man dude was from from Suits was our man in uh Yeah, in Legends. In, and he was murdered. Legends. That's right. That's how Amaya ended up on the ship. Okay, I'm remembering correctly now. Yeah, and he it, was in less than one episode. But uh, moving on, um, uh, getting past me. that's Rick. Oh, let's talk through within the group setting. Beth Chapel, aka the new Doctor Midnight. She's fucking amazing. She's so adorable, man. Like mm-hmm. all she wanted was some friends. All she wanted was some friends, and because like she's like this stereotypical weirdo dork that no one pays attention to um so much so that like no one ever notices her so to the fact where courtney and them will be having full-ass conversations about like their activities and then like when beth like pieces it together because she's not an idiot um and she like you know like starts talking to them about it she's like they're like how the did you know this she's like you guys are like right i I sit at the table with you guys what do you mean Mm-hmm. And and also to the fact where uh where later she's talking and she's just like out and out talking about like the superhero stuff. Yeah, she's she's, 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 talking, she's, she's talking she's talking to her and, AI goggles and like no Chuck, one in the and, library. Uh, they just they look at her and they're like, What the hell? You're just talking about this out in the open? She just basically like, look around, nobody ever pays any attention to me. Yeah, pretty I much. Say whatever. I yeah I mean like she she's all she's just so cool man like she was the one out of everybody else like or like Courtney uh, like definitely needed her because Beth is the voice of reason right like whenever mm-hmm. wh- whenever the whenever the all stars are on there like fuck shit or they try to do something stupid like Beth is like I don't know you guys Chuck says and it's just like yeah maybe we should listen to Chuck guys. Yeah, and uh, she was really cool, and I really liked her. Uh, um, and there she was get... one thing that I wish that they would have done with her, uh-huh. but I feel like they're saving it for season two. Which is the owl. Oh yeah, um, yeah, because um, we saw the owl still works, and it was there with the rest of the stuff. So I'm pretty sure we'll get that. Yeah, uh, because uh, the owl was alive, like living. It was yeah. a living owl. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said that it's never let. It would always. Perch on Midnight Soldier, yeah, shoulder, yeah. But he hasn't left that one spot since Midnight died, and he's like, honestly, I don't know how he's still alive. Mm-hmm. 
So but, uh, he hasn't left that one spot. So I feel like they're saving that for a season two. Yeah, it's definitely great for Beth, and I think it'll work as kind of like a drone, so that she can have like, cause you, cause you know how like you know most like artificers and like role playing games and stuff like that, they have like a drone or like some range mm-hmm. method of attacking without them getting into the fray because their strength that is crap. Also, um, also, I feel like the owl isn't going to bond with her until she has confidence in herself about being a hero. Oh yeah, that's definitely, definitely going to be her arc. Because all throughout the season, she's just like, no, it's not me, it's Chuck. Yeah, it's, yeah she doesn't believe it's actually her. She thinks she's only useful with the glasses. So much so to the point when, um, like, you know, the gambler hacks her in the finale. She's like, well, what am I going to do now? But then she realizes she, she can pull through regardless. Um, so she, she, she's getting there. She's taking baby steps, and, she's uh, getting there. And uh, if they... Oh, we're at spoiler section, so we can say this, but... They win the day at the end, and she's like, yeah, you did it, Chuck. And he's like, we did it. Best yeah, pal. I really enjoyed that. Um, the, the friendship between not only, like, uh, Beth and the rest of the crew, but Beth and Chuck especially is absolutely adorable. Um, I also appreciate that she's, like, not super attached with her parents anymore, because honestly, that felt a little creepy. Yeah, her and her parents were a little creepy, and... I thought that that was going to get annoying, like she was going to be an annoying character because of Yeah, same, same. I, I, that's what I thought at first. I was like, she's either going to be really cute or just straight up annoying. And thankfully, she turned out to be a really cute character. Um, and so, also, uh, just real quick, uh, we don't need to go into detail, but I also liked her interactions with Courtney's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think, um, and also, like, um, each of the kids has a very unique relationship with Pat. Um uh, I think Beth also has a very good one with Pat. Um, I loved the episode where he had to pretend that he was Pat's, uh, she was Pat's daughter. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like, yo, like Cindy's mom was super sexy for Pat. Oh, yeah. To the fact where, uh, yeah, she was like they did mom. something that was like almost legit. Straight out up of like video. a porn, yeah. <laughs> she was straight up, like, he was fixing her pipes and she was reaching for her pants. I was, I, yep. was di- I was dying. I was dying. Indeed. I was not just do that. Which, which is weird, though, because I'm not even sure that Cindy's mom is alive. It's like one of the, like, men, like Stepford brainwashed people. Remember, that's what Cindy like, explains. Um, oh. Because I thought it was going to oh, be Oh, yeah, like, no, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's one of her Umbrella many... Academy. No, it's one of her many stepmoms. Basically, because Cindy explains that in the Shiv episode, right? Uh, she she says that basically, whenever she like throws a tantrum and like makes one of them have like a mental breakdown or whatever, uh, like the dad has to replace her, find another rando, brainwash said rando, um, and then uh, you know, instant stepmom. Which, which uh, break your programming for Pat and for the Thursday. I mean, yeah, she 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 was really she was really about it. I mean, like, dang. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's actually a pretty good transition into uh, talking about the ISA. Um, so I want to start with the kids first because there isn't too much to talk about with uh, some of the kids. Uh, I'm gonna briefly touch on Artemis so that we can do a little bit of a speculation so that we don't have to make a whole speculation section. Um, 
Artemis is only shown for real. We don't get to know her per se. Uh, we see there, that she there's like a, one or two scenes. Yeah, we see that she's like a super aggro sports star, and obviously she is the daughter of Tigress and Scorchmuth, Young Justice. Um, and so, and um, they they consider she's like one of the first people that they consider for the JSA, but then they're like, no, she's too aggro. Yeah, exactly. Like, like right like, as they're considering, yeah, she like, throws like straight, one of the like football players. Yeah, like straight up, Yolanda's like, nah, man. Like, you, you know, I, I'm a pretty tough bitch, but this bitch scares me. Yeah, so they're like, nah, no nah, thanks, fam. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think um, they're gonna go the Young Justice route versus the actual comics route. Cause the actual comics route, she's a bad guy. Uh, but like Young Justice is the more popular version. It's the version most people know, and um, also, you know, it, it's just the thing that people will gravitate to, towards more. Um, yeah, marketing wise, it'll be easier to I market. Think, I think that there that uh, Young Justice addressed the whole Tigress thing by like having her go undercover and all of that. Yeah, and I, and I definitely think, I think it's gonna be a, um, I, and I think we're going to the same point. I think that I think she's gonna be like one of the uh, like a conversion. She's gonna start off, yes, like you know believing uh, and drinking her parents' Kool Aid, but then realizing, okay, my family's kind of fucked up. Uh, let me, uh, you guys are actually cool, um, and you treat each other like actual family and not just you know, guinea pigs or like you know sports projects. So yeah, uh, I'm a, also I'm, a, I'm a hang out with you guys. Also, uh, let's just uh, real quick uh, address like one other person real quick mm-hmm. for the ISA kids. Yeah, and Icicle Junior. Uh, Icicle Junior. No, I was gonna say uh, Fiddler Junior. Oh right, right. Yeah, Fiddler Junior. Um, because I, um, I think he's a. What do you think about him? I, I can't get enough of a read on him whether he'd be a conversion or not. Um, I think... Um, I... Well, um, last we saw him... Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's right. He he was getting tired of being bullied and, like, his mom straight up told him to, to fucking kill them. Uh, yeah, uh, she said right. that your, fa- your father was bullied until he took his bow and shoved it in the eardrums of one of the kids and they never... Yeah. And 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 then he smiled all sadistically. So yeah, he might just he might just be a low key sociopath. Well, I mean, mom. also considering what happens to his mom. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. what happened to his mom? Wait, what? Yeah, what did happen to Lady Fiddler? I forgot actually. Tiger straight up killed her. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, hmm. Okay, so so here's here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that he might like work with Courtney and them for a bit just for revenge like Rick style but unlike Rick he's gonna have a taste for it and kind of go like Red Hood-esque that would be cool and different and interesting and that's what I'm feeling I'd be down for personally. that but I mean I could also see him still as a straight up bad guy so like either way I'm cool um, and then uh, speaking about characters that I'm not really sure how they're gonna end up uh, like you said, Icicle Junior. I I think Junior is for sure, for sure, gonna be like good guy, 
Courtney's love interest, but kind of like a, a um, not necessarily a Zuko thing. Uh, this is gonna be a weird like this is gonna be a weird throwback reference to the like early to mid two thousands cartoons, but I think it's gonna be like a Rose from American Dragon Jake Long type thing, where like he is he is kind of similar to Artemis, but I feel like he's gonna be more loyal to his uh, his dad because you know especially when they were like reading off like the manifest. He's gonna be like, actually, no. A lot of this shit sounds pretty good. And if, and you know, if my mom wanted this to happen and she was really on board for this, maybe that this isn't the way to go. But he's gonna be conflicted well, I mean, all throughout, um, and then eventually become a good guy. Especially because, um, as things go now, um, he's now a complete orphan. Yep. And uh, in one of the weirdest. TV deaths, I think, of all time. Yeah, that was, that did kind of where you do remember how he died, right? Wait, I, maybe I'm no, I, I'm I'm thinking of brainwave. Okay, my bad. Yeah, uh, uh how did Icicle Senior die? Mike killed him. All right, <laughs> with the drill. No, with the with the car. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He he! Wait! He piloted Stripe, didn't he? No, or... no. What happened? What happened was, uh, after a long drawn out fight with Courtney, where he fell from a roof and was already injured, and couldn't completely use his powers, he was starting to ice out, getting angry, and then here comes Mike with the dog in the van, and just boom! Nice. Shadows Go, him. Mike! Go, Mike! Uh, but and yeah, I love so, it though because he's like, "Can I be in the JSA now?" Yep. Uh, but I, I, yeah, now that Junior's an orphan, I definitely think Cindy is going to use that and kind of like. Well, also the thing that I was getting at with mentioning the whole orphan thing mm-hmm. is, um, he still has his crazy ass grandparents. Yeah, the creepy Nazi grandparents. Yeah, Norwegian Nazi grandparents. Yep. That is true. This one talks too much. She would not be a good wife. Yep. I think that this is definitely very interesting. It is going to be a very interesting thing to see how Icicle Jr. shakes out. But again, pointing to Young Justice, we see that Jr., like, like even in there, like, in current day, Jr. is pretty chill. Uh, pun not intended. Yeah. Jr., they're, te- they're teasing with the cartoon that he'll become good. Yep. Especially because he has like this weird friendship with Superboy because they have that bond from the prison episode and like they're still kind of friends. Oh, and he's like, I'm genuinely happy for you, man. He goes, he goes, hey, oh, you got married with him again? What? That's cool. Congratulations, dude. You, dude. He goes, oh, thanks, man. Sorry I gotta put you back in the jail. Nah, it's, it's cool. I, I know the drill by now. Yeah, that was so good. I can't um, wait for that show to come back finally same. in about a year or so. Maybe. <laughs> Coronavirus be damned. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, so, interesting, but yeah, they could, but, they could be yeah, very, yeah, my bad. Go ahead, Brian. I didn't mean to cut you off I was there. just going to say that he was really interesting and I like the whole art angle with him. Yeah. But, um, 
But currently, as of right now, my like favorite of the ISA kids, mm -hmm. Junior. I love Brainwave Junior. Brainwave Junior was an amazing character. I mean, look, we talked constantly about like the conflicted villain child character arc. Henry is how you do it because Henry, mm -hmm. they start off showing as this asshole jock, right? Like, court, like, like he's the Courtney's one who shared Yolanda's pictures, but then we realize it was Cindy later. And then also, like, Courtney straight up, like, one of her first outings as Stargirl with the staff is fucking with Henry. Um, like, because... she, she temporarily lobotomized him. Mm hmm. And uh, I, I think I think it was really cool seeing, really seeing his con um, his confliction, and also like him like literally being able to watch his father's journey through the tapes, and mm -hmm. kind of kind of realize the mistakes that his dad made, and like where his mom saw, like it was it's all like he had a straight up Luke Skywalker backstory. If we're like if we're calling a spade a spade, it's straight up the Luke Skywalker backstory. Like you know. I still sense good in you, except this time Vader said, nope. No, the, except for this time, Vader said, no, it wasn't like grief or anything that killed your mom. I straight up sliced that bitch myself. Yep. I chose, I chose the, I chose the greater good and, um, Jordan's dream over any of that. Um, and I will not hesitate to choose that over you. So uh, I, you could join me, and we, together we could rule the galaxy as far Which I legit did not see that coming, honestly. Same. I thought they were going to... Especially with the fact that they said that she was ice cold. Yep. I was like, oh, shit. Same. He killed I, her. I, nope. I did... I did not... Ex I did not expect it to be uh, Brainwave Senior who did it. Uh, that like really caught me off guard usually i'm good at predicting that type of shit but i did not see him actually killing her like coming at all um and it's then like, he so, he pleads with him at the end where it's like he killed her because he knew that she was bringing out that good in you he's like no she he didn't kill her i did and yeah, I thought that that's really interesting. He killed her because he saw that she was bringing out a softer side than him, and he he felt that she was making him weak, and so he killed her. I was like, oh dang, that is ooh, mm -hmm. ooh. And uh, there was actually a period of time after um you know and you know we're talking spoilers already with Henry Jr. There was a point in time after Henry Jr. was killed where I thought for like a a, a short period of time that maybe like Henry was able to implant part of his consciousness into his dad's mind. And it was going to like, they're going to like, he was going to try to unlock that good within him and like vie for control. And eventually he'd have to find a way to like separate from his dad's head and like, you know, get a body or whatever. Uh, but <laughs> that theory's dead. Also, I thought uh, that there was a little bit of a thing where, uh, they were gonna say that he survived somehow because of his yeah, powers. Because, yeah, cause, yeah, and be, and yeah, because he was gonna like at the last minute create like a telekinetic force field or something. Because you know, you know, TV rules. If you don't see a body, you always suspect that the person is still alive. But I'm pretty sure with the way that they ended 
his story and yeah. his father's story yeah. with this. Not yeah, they're definitely, yeah, they're definitely both dead. Um, they're definitely both dead because I feel like both of their deaths are necessary for Yolanda's arc. And this is where we kind of come back to Yolanda. Before we go into uh, the final ISA kid, I want to quickly touch on the Yolanda stuff. So um, Yolanda all throughout hates Henry and rightfully so because she believes that Henry was the one who, you know, leaked ruined the photos and ruined her life. Yeah. So, and she genuinely loved Henry and she, like, like that portrayal was super deep. So, of course, she's like all 100% fuck Henry. No, 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 no. Even if there is a chance for him coming to our side. No, fuck him. Well, um, she and- even says, um, all right, I'll go help you with him, but we're no longer friends. Yep. And also, like, she straight up threatens him at the hospital while he's, like, in his dad's, like, hospital room. She's like, if Courtney believes in you, I don't. If you threaten my friends or do anything to hurt them, I will slice your throat open myself. When. Which was really cool because uh, then you see uh, Henry, Henry Senior and uh, Junior, and he's like reading her minds with all of this. But then he reaches a little too deep and sees the "I loved I you." I loved you. Yeah, and I I also appreciate that it was loved and not loved that they didn't go that route. Although, like towards the end, you could definitely see not that she still had feelings for him, but that she definitely regretted how she treated him towards the end. Yeah, and also uh, the way that they went things. Uh, I'm glad that he never said it back. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like it, this is more necessary for her art, right? Like, because if he had said it back to her, like, she would have gotten that closure. And then, like, I, I think it would have been way easier for her to, you know, build mm-hmm. a healthy way back. But now it's going to be more, more complicated and more interesting. Um, because uh, lo and behold, at the end. We think maybe one of our Henry theories came to be because uh, we see Henry. Yep, and, and he's in, he's in one of the like he's in one of like he's in a like henchman disguise. It's like oh shit, Henry, you're back! And then you know he's talking, he's saying all the right things, and then you know all of a sudden, Hen- uh, like Yolanda, knowing Henry well, better than anybody, he he says with the fact that he says, "Where are your friends?" Yep. And he's like, yeah. they were his friends too. Slits his Cuts it open. And it turns out to be senior. And it's just like, well, shit. Rick, <laughs> you weren't the one to go to Murder Town. Um, but somebody did. And in, in my brain, when that happened, I was like, all right, so uh, they say, right? Right? Right. Yep. Yep. It's like okay. So totally knowing that there was more. So speaking of patricide and uh, parent murder, let's go back to Cindy. Oh fucking Cindy! Oh fucking Cindy! Indeed, Cindy is Cindy. a trip. Cindy's a trip. Cindy was one of those characters when you first see her, you're like, okay, she could possibly be a bitch with a heart of gold. Ah, there ain't nothing golden about this bitch's heart. I'm not even sure this bitch has no. a heart to begin with. No, because uh, basically, kind of, if you guys are a fan of Mean Girls, it's like, take every rumor that they said about Regina George and make it real. 
And also give her like a combination. No, get no, not only that, but you give her Lady Deathstrike powers. Complete with the poison and shit. Like mm-hmm. that's who Cindy is, and she is straight up evil and the worst kind of evil too. She is teenage evil. Mm-hmm. To like, the point where uh several times she was reminding me of Veruca Salt from the Willy Wonka movie. Like, book. Which, dude, like, I it, want it now. Yeah, I want the whole just, world. It's just crazy. And, like, she just throws tantrums like she's a child. You know, all throughout the show, you see. Um, and, and that's why I think she makes a perfect, like, foil and arch nemesis for Courtney. Because all throughout the show, you see different steps to Courtney's maturity, not only as like a, a character, but as a leader and as a friend. Cindy just keeps regressing and she just becomes more and more childlike to the point where she's literally like banging on the door saying, Daddy, let me kill her. Let me kill her. Like, mm-hmm. what? Are you fucking kidding me? And then and, uh, of, she speaking is... of things that I did not see coming, um, which, because uh, like, at first you think, oh, they're setting her up to be sympathetic, you know, her dad, her dad's an evil asshole, and she she lost the one person that she cared about in her life, which was her mom. And you know, Beth even said the, like the classic line of you know she was really nice until her mom died, and then it's like oh, so fucking Edo killed her, damn. But uh, then, uh, like she uh, she flaunts like she uses this as a flex. She says you know I could kill them like I killed mom, and it's like what. And then what? later she tells her dad, I'll kill you just like I killed mom. Yep. You're like, and, what? And lo and behold, she is a woman of her word. Because she straight up killed the dragon. Another dragon orphan. Man. Yep. But uh, I guess in her case, it's more emancipated. Forcibly <laughs> emancipated orphan. Uh, but yeah, like uh, she, she's, she's patricide and matricide. Yep, she's a pretty she's a pretty great villain though. I'm not gonna lie. You know, they're, 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 you know, I, I like complex villains, and I'm not saying Cindy's not complex, but sometimes I just I do like to watch the villains are just evil. Like those are fun too. Chaotic evil is fun to watch. I mean, it's never good to have in your game, but. It is fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so overall, that's pretty much everyone in the cast. So I, I want to spend this last section of time talking about the end credit scenes because we talked. Yeah, because when we were talking about the kids, we kind of mentioned their parents. Uh, one one parent, one uh, well, he's not really a parent, but JSA member that we didn't mention real quick, which I kind of liked, and that was the gambler. Yeah, yeah, the gambler was pretty funny. Um, he he talks in the Savannah accent, so you know. Um, to the fact where uh, he has a secret gun under his sleeve, yeah. And uh, no, no one else will get this, but he very much reminds me of a character that one of our friends what? plays. In I was, Rocky I League. was, I was just about to say, like literally, that was what I thought of when he started pitching and he was talking in that voice I was like ah shit I'm in um, but yeah so 
let's talk about those end credit scenes, Brian. They're more fresh in your mind, so I want you to go over them and we can talk well, about them. First, first of all, we see the ISA headquarters and yep. uh, we see a figure put down its top hat and it's like, oh, Jordan, I told you so. And then we see billowing smoke and we see that uh, a particular diamond or no, 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 this isn't it. Oh, that's not that one. Okay. I no, because we, we zoom in, we zoom into the uh, ISA photo and you can see it's hard to see far away, but you can see a shadowy figure with two red eyes. And, you know, shadowy figure who wears top hat. That's a... Wait, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Shade, uh, the changing man. Oh, shit. Isn't he a vertical character? I don't know, but... uh. Oh, I already... Okay. He's apparently gonna be in it. Um, that's like pretty, I said, that's, that's pretty dope. And like I said before, they take characters that the Arrowverse messed up. They didn't shade the Changing Man in the Arrowverse. Yes. Well, not. Sh Why did I say shade? Just like normal shade, with the top hat and all that. Oh yeah, that's right. He they was didn't... in it one episode of The Flash. One. Right, right. Okay. And they so, never yes. talked about him or addressed him ever again. Okay, so the se the second end the second end credit scene or post credit scene. Was uh a, we see a female character in high heels and, and a short skirt. And at first I was like, oh shit, is this gonna be Jay's girl? But then they zoom in on her and uh it's Fucking Cindy. Yep. And uh, she's rummaging through apparently the ISA stuff. And... and then she finds a diamond. And then she says the words, I see you, Eclipso. Yeah, I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Eclipso? We going here now? Damn, y'all got budget budget. Okay. Also, uh, expect the fuck shit to go over the rails. I mean, you got Shade and Eclipse, though? Fuck yeah, dude. Um, uh, and, uh, then the last, the last scene, this one was actually after the credits, legit. Yeah, and it was, uh, like, a, this was the biggest, like, the, 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 the big end-all cliffhanger, like, oh, Because we, we go to South Hollywood, California... And Pat, it's Pat's someone, apartment. Someone knocks on Pat's apartment saying I'm looking for Pat Dugan. And in my head, I'm like, I recognize that voice. I think I know I was who like, this I is. was like, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I, that voice is way too distinct. I know who it is. It better, I can't believe it. And he goes, Yeah, me neither. And then he's and then, like, he goes, uh, I'm My looking name is Sylvester. Pat, I'm looking for Pat Dugan. And then the camera, the camera literally just rotates and yep. he's like i'm an old friend the name's sylvester My... yes and it's just like bro oh shit there he is yeah the myth, and the myth the legend the mikhail yup i was like whoa and also a uh, part of me 
I think I know where this is going to go. Oh, yeah? Um, Speculate, my friend. If you notice, uh, especially in, like, the first episode where we get to see them together, uh, where he's dressed as Stripesy, and Mm -hmm. all that shit is going down, he tells him, he gives him the staff, and he says, find someone who can do it justice, not you. And he's like, he keeps in his like typical Joel McHale asshole type thing. Yeah, and anyone his but dying you. Words, but he keeps making pot shots at. Pat, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think what is going to happen is that he's going to come by and visit, and he's going to start making pot shots, and Courtney's going to step up for her dad. Yeah, and he and he's going to try to be the new ASA lead mentor person. Um, but like it's like no 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 Pat's doing a great job leave Pat the fuck alone leave my dad's got it it's cool yeah which uh, yeah, by the way I, real quick. I definitely I definitely think that's why they hired Joel McHale in the first place because uh, mm-hmm. like he's got that natural like combative asshole personality that I think would work well especially uh, bouncing off of Luke Wilson who has really good comedic timing uh, so yeah which uh, by the way when she did finally call him dad. Yeah, man, that, that melts in my heart. And she gave him the, the world's greatest dad. I was like, oh. oh. That, she, that she originally, as a kid, made wanted for to her give... asshole dad. Yeah. She was going to By the way, that her. revelation. Yeah, we, we kind of brushed over it. But yeah, we, we discovered that she's not actually Sylvester's kid. Um, that, but like the staff reacted to just her pure good heart and hero spirit. It wasn't about being Starman's daughter. It was about be uh, carrying Starman's spirit, in a way. And um, the legacy of being a hero and all mm-hmm. that, which is really cool. And, yeah, which um, is the overall message of the show, yeah. yeah, Which I, I thought was really cool. And also, another message of the overall show is uh, it shouldn't matter who your parents are. Yeah, exactly. Anyone can be a hero. That's it should, That honestly could be a tagline for the show. Like, Beth was just a nobody, and Beth became a hero. I mean, Yolanda yeah, was... was a nobody. Mm-hmm. Yep. The only one that actually has like parental backing for real, for real, is Rick. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, want to see where they go? I think this is kind of transitioning. Yeah. Yeah. So one one last bit of speculation that I want to put: I do think that we might get a little bit more of a slight expansion. I don't think they're going to overcrowd like the the JSA kids, but I think because the ISA team is going to form up, they're going to at least maybe add one more kid to the mix for uh, the new season. Uh, if not, um, throwing in because I think Artemis is going to start off on the bad guy side. I think we're going to throw in possibly maybe. I would love to see a Liberty Bell. That's where I'm. That's what I'm rooting for, because you know we have Rick, who is the muscle powerhouse. But like, if we can't have Power Girl, Liberty Bell's pretty fucking strong. She can fly. She got super speed and shit. Like, or or you know, or you know, they could say that uh, Liberty Bell, Liberty Bell was part of the team that died, and that. Uh, now her daughter is coming and being yeah, part of the team. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you basically could do, like, have that, like, you know, have the second generation Liberty Bell who in, uh, well, I mean, technically it's Jesse Quick, 
but like you know you could merge the two characters in a way well jesse um, jesse chambers in the comics mm-hmm. originally goes by liberty bell and then she becomes jesse quick in the comics yeah yeah right that's that's what it is but yeah what i was yeah what i was leading to is the, like liberty bell um slash jesse quick ends up getting with uh our man the uh, the rick tyler our man so i think that would be really cool plus like i would love to have like that super powerhouse uh like because we have rick yeah but like i was i, I want like a, a power girl stand in you know yeah um, that 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 would be nice also uh real quick one last thing that i want speculation is uh at least uh for like a quick bit revisit the seven soldiers of victory thing um i mean we see that that's going to be a kind of a plot line for justin i think when justin comes back yes we'll get some of that so and also um i know this one this will probably never happen but one of my one of one of my like dream things like dream above dream things is uh in season two or three we catch up and we see that uh the older somewhat retired now Vigilante is played by Nathan Fillion. Oh, I could see that. Okay, we got because five minutes. Uh, because if you if you remember, Nathan Fillion voiced Vigilante in, in the, the Justice, Justice League, League cartoon. cartoon that Johns wrote. Yep. Um, but, so yeah, that would so, be cool. Real quick, uh, we love the show. Those are our final thoughts. Uh, we're, we are like really coming down to the wire. Uh, plug time. Uh, time to talk about what's coming up on our channels uh, this coming week. Uh, Brian, you first. Well, me, it's easy. Uh, currently, right now, due to pandemic and all the shows taking a break and all that, and uh, me getting used to working and all that, uh, I've strict myself to only Winona and uh, maybe do an Owl House series review when that ends, which is ending soon. Uh, Next but, week. Yeah. So, uh, if I can get around to catching up by then. Yep. But, okay, so uh, for... anyway, anyway, uh, that's it for me currently right now. Yeah, so for me, uh, next week we are doing, um, speaking of which, we are doing the podcast, Lucifer Season 5 Part 2. I'm going to be finishing that up soon. I'll be, I only have a couple episodes left. Uh, I'm, I also stream on Twitch Monday through Friday, playing Fate Grand Order content. I also posted some uh, a Fate Grand Order challenge quest that I completed, as well as kind of giving my thoughts on uh, the overall summer event for anyone who cares about my Fate stuff. Uh, also, Agretzko comes out next week. I'm going to post a review of that on my anime YouTube channel, Jace Caldea. Um, Blair is uh, down. I don't know if it's down, down, but uh, it's a little troublesome. But thankfully, I've gotten back onto YouTube, so it's kind of okay. Uh, but I don't know what I'm going to do about my stuff. But, you know, we'll work, we'll work on that later. Um, I also have another podcast with Mimi, Book Dragon Reviews, and we currently are going through the Sandman audio drama. The next part of that will be recorded on Monday, so look forward to that. But anyway, that's pretty much it for this podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. We are running out of time. Peace. Peace.